And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. I'm recording this episode on Sunday evening, just after the brilliant 2 all draw at Stamford Bridge. What a game that was. There's one more game to go in Game Week 2, which is Liverpool versus Crystal Palace on Monday night. Hopefully Salah, Trent and Robertson do the business. On today's episode, I'll do a quick review of Game Week 2. Welcome the first members to join the infamous 59th Minute Club this season. Update the watch list, answer questions and take a look at captaincy and transfers for the weekend. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. A quick review of Game Week 2 so far. I banked the transfer going into the Game Week, so nice to have some flexibility for transfers for Game Week 3. Currently sitting on 59 points, which is my favourite number, of course, with triple Liverpool to go. Cancelo, Rhys James, Martinelli and Jesus doing the business. It was frustrating to just get 10 points from Captain Haaland with Man City scoring 4, but that's FPL. It was a similar story to Kane in Game Week 1. Moving on to the 59th Minute Club, we have two big names joining the club this season. The first two members, there was nobody in game week one, welcome Jaden Sancho and Felipe Coutinho. A one-pointer for Sancho and a big fat zero-pointer for Coutinho who went off injured. So after Manchester United's 4-0 defeat to Brentford, I'm sure Sancho will enjoy himself in the club and get himself a very strong drink. And Coutinho has a bit of an injury now, so maybe he'll be able to enjoy a few beers as well. I'm sure those two will be having a good time in the club by themselves before anyone else joins in Game Week 3. So keep an eye on those clocks in Game Week 3 and make sure you tag me in a tweet if anyone gets the dreaded substitution. Moving on to a watch list update. As always, I add players after the Game Week and I remove them. So players removed first of all. Castagna at Leicester still think himself and James Justin are good options but I don't like the short term fixtures for Leicester so I'm not looking to invest in their defence at the moment not keeping clean sheets either I've got the Leicester goalkeeper double up which I'll talk about in one of the questions later not feeling too good about that at the moment so not looking to add a defender either removed Fabian Scher also mainly because I like Trippier most from the Newcastle defence They've got Liverpool and City coming up soon anyway. So like Leicester, not looking to invest in the Newcastle defence at the moment. Chilwell's gone because he didn't start. Sterling is gone as well. Just don't see myself investing £10 million in him at the moment. Currently on Mason Mount. Don't know for how much longer, which I'll talk about later as well. But I just think there's a lot of better 
value midfielders out there than Raheem Sterling at the moment. Probably one I'll come back to in a couple of weeks' time if he can start getting some goals. Trossard is gone as well because I prefer another Brighton midfielder who I'll talk about when it comes to players added to the watch list. Ericsson and Rashford removed for obvious reasons. Stay away from Manchester United picks in FPL. Potence and Huang also removed because I like Neto more. Not in a rush to buy any Wolves attacker, but if it was one, it probably still would be just about Neto. Huang came off after about 57 minutes as well, which is not ideal. And final player removed this week is Bamford because he's picked up a knock. Now, more importantly, which players have been added? Kyle Walker, very good value at 5 million in the first two game weeks. Looks pretty secure at the moment in the Manchester City team. I've only got two City assets. I've got Cancelo and Haaland, so I do have space for one more. And Walker is in my thoughts. Lewis Dunk has been added as well. Clean sheet for Brighton in game week two. We know Dunk has some goal threat as well. And just very, very impressed with Brighton overall in the first two game weeks. So probably looking to invest there now soon because they've got good fixtures up until when we play the first wildcard, whenever that may be. Kevin De Bruyne on the watch list as well. Very impressive returns from him. If you had him in game week one, I hope you stuck with him in game week two. For the Bournemouth fixture, seen quite a few people actually captained him. So well done if you did that. De Bruyne's in my thoughts. I've got Salah. I've got Haaland, still don't see myself switching to KDB just yet, but I think he should probably always be on the watch list anyway, just so I don't forget about him. De Bruyne's teammate, Ilkay Gundogan, I think is very, very interesting at 7.5 million. We're in the captain's armband for City this season, being voted in as captain by his fellow players. A lot hinges on Bernardo Silva. It doesn't look like he's moving at the moment, but if Bernardo Silva was to move to Barcelona, then Gundogan, I think, would be a very, very popular FPL pick. But even if it doesn't happen, he should get significant game time. Got himself a goal. We know what he can do. I think it was two seasons back. He he was in most of our teams. And hopefully he can do something similar again this season. I think he's passed the eye test, certainly, in the first two game weeks. So Gundogan, certainly my thoughts as well for that third city spot in my squads. Another midfielder I'm very interested in is Pascal Gross at Brighton. He's gone up to 56 Scored the two goals in game week one. And then I've been very encouraged by what I've seen of him in the highlights in game week two as well. He's getting into good positions, a lot more advanced than I've seen him last season. Hopefully he has penalties. Very good corner taker. You know, his delivery's always on the money. So I think Gross is emerging as a possible exit route for the likes of Leon Bailey and Pedro Neto. So again, I'll come back to Gross a little bit later, but I'm quite high on him. He's passing the eye test. He's got the stats to back it up. He's got a few goals and he's got the fixtures. So yeah, very interested at a very friendly price. Another two players added to the watch list. And this is a lot of these players added this week are because I've got Leon Bailey and I'm looking to offload him now, given that he didn't start and he's a rotation risk. So Pascal Gross, Dewsbury Hall at Leicester, and Joe Willock at Newcastle. Just another couple of players I want to kind of weigh up this week. Probably not Willock because of the fixtures, but I've been encouraged by what I've seen of him first couple of games as well. Dewsbury Hall, we know he's a good pick at Leicester also at a cheap price. You know, you can save three million by going Dewsbury Hall over James Madison, for example. Still think Madison is, is the pick to go for in the Leicester attack, but Dewsbury Hall is another potential exit route from these cheap midfielders who are not performing at the moment. But certainly... 
at the moment. I'm looking at Pascal Gross. I'm eyeing him up as the Bailey replacement. Just need to figure out how to free up some cash to do so. A final player added to the watch list. Another Brighton player, Danny Welbeck. 6.5 million. Very impressive start to the season from him as well. Graham Potter says he is as fit as he's ever seen him. Uh, if he could just convert a few more of his chances, he would be a much better pick. But yeah, pretty high on Brighton going into game week three. May end up buying one or two of their players. I'm interested in Sanchez, the goalkeeper as well. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The next section of the podcast is answering questions from Twitter. Picked out 10 of the best and some of the hot topics going into the next game week. First one is from Ben C. Should we transfer Haaland back to Kane? So Ben, like a lot of people, had Kane game week one for Straighton, then sold him for Haaland, again for Straighton because Kane outscored him. Now do you make another transfer to make the switch but I wouldn't I wouldn't do it I still think Haaland to me is the superior pick between the two so I would stick with Haaland for game week three he's one of the 
best captaincy candidates. Kane's up there as well. Kane plays Wolves and Haaland is away to Newcastle. But yeah, I wouldn't be... If you've already used a transfer on your striker spots to get Haaland in, there's a good chance there's going to be a weak link in your squad somewhere else that your transfer will be much better used on. So I, I would stick with Haaland and yeah, either save your transfer or just use it in a better way somewhere else in your squad for a weak link. Question from FPL Dad. What to do with Leon Bailey? The I think this is definitely the most commonly asked question this week in some form or other. For me, it's just an easy sell because we knew he might have been a rotation risk. I was quite confident that he would start in game week two, so I was quite surprised to see him on the bench. Uh, Watkins came back in and Ings had a really good game as well. And Buendia was very impressive when he came off the bench. So I just think there's way too much options for Steven Gerrard for those front three positions now. So for me... Yes, he's only 5 million, but I don't want to be sweating over the Aston Villa team sheet. You can't really confidently start him in your FPL team anymore. Maybe it's okay if you can hide him on the bench and keep him as your first sub. But for me, I just want to get someone a lot more secure in that midfield spot. So I'm almost certainly going to sell Leon Bailey this week with my two free transfers. Question is, who do we go for? More on that later. Question from Andy Mack. Who's the best 8 million midfielder? now that we've had two weeks of eye test slash data. So, again, the 8 million mids, you've got Kulisevsky, Saka, Mason Mount, Madison, Diaz, Foden and Mares. Now, I think the answer to who is the best 8 million midfielder right now, I think it's actually Martinelli, even though he's about 2 million cheaper. He's probably 1.9 million cheaper now. I think he's had a price rise as well. I mentioned Gundogan earlier as well. I really fancy Gundogan. From what I've seen, yes, he hasn't got 90 minutes in both games, but that doesn't bother me too much. I still I think Gundogan can get a lot of attacking returns this season, and I do expect plenty of game time. It probably doesn't make a huge difference, but I do like seeing him wearing that captain's armband. That tells me, you know, he is a leader. Pep will hopefully use him quite often on the pitch for that reason as well. But again, don't think we can read into that too much, because at the end of the day, it wasn't Pep's decision. I think it was a, a player vote. So, 8 million midfielders... If you don't have Martinelli, go and get him. I think that's probably the priority. Gundogan's a good option for 0.5 less. Still like Kulisevsky. Didn't do anything against Chelsea, but got significant minutes again. And Spurs have good fixtures. Sack has been quiet so far. Martinelli and Jesus have outshone him. That's not to say he's become a bad option overnight. But I do think Martinelli and Jesus are much better picks there. Mason Mount, I've had him the first two weeks. Very underwhelming. I've got a question this week. Do I keep him because the fixtures are getting better? Or is he my cash cow to upgrade the likes of Bailey and maybe my goalkeeper position as well? So probably leaning towards selling Mount at the moment from what, from what I've seen so far. He's been frustrating. Madison is up there as one of the best options. Attack returns in both game weeks. Leicester's fixtures are a little bit tricky, but I think Madison is capable of delivering in those fixtures. Luis Diaz obviously hasn't played his second fixture yet so if he smashes it against Crystal Palace he goes straight to the top again of the best 8 million options Foden did really well game week 2 was substituted at half time was it because he didn't square that pass to Haaland which I'm very still fuming about we missed out on, on quite a few points there those of us who captained them Mares, Grealish these guys are going to be in and out of the team so I still think Foden is the best cheaper Manchester City midfielder but I think Gundogan is, is quite close to him in my thoughts now as well so just to sum that up Martinelli if you don't have him go and get him 
Gundogan's very interesting. Luis Diaz probably still up there as as one of the better options. And then I'm probably looking at Kulisevsky and James Madison at the moment ahead of Saka and Mount in the pecking order. Question from FPL Potter. What what do we do with Mason Mount? FPL Potter says, I've got three Liverpool and three Arsenal already and two free transfers. Or is Bailey a priority? So yeah, similar boat to what I'm in. Chelsea's next four fixtures are good for attackers. They've got Leeds, Leicester, Southampton and West Ham. So, you know, Leicester and Southampton in particular don't really keep clean sheets. Leeds don't keep too many either. And West Ham haven't started the season too strongly. So there is a strong case here to just keep Mount. He did look better today and he got more minutes. But is he going to be explosive like he was at times last season I remember him getting that hat-trick you know on recent performances I just don't see that in him at the moment that Chelsea attack with Havertz and Sterling to me it's still trying to gel it's it's a new kind of front three so that might take a bit of time so I'm leaning towards selling Mount and probably downgrading so that will give me cash to upgrade Bailey like I said and maybe even a goalkeeper switch as well so I'm quite open I've got two free transfers but I'm quite open to taking a minus four as well so I might end up making three transfers this week and it's probably a case of downgrading mounts or downgrading the defender so that I can upgrade Bailey and then maybe upgrade the goalkeeper position as well so yeah I think mount is a sell at the moment Question from Michael Danielson. What to do with Saka? Is Martinelli too sideways? So I don't mind that because, like I said, I think Martinelli is probably the superior FPL pick in the Arsenal midfield at the moment. You know, popping up in, in really good positions, linking up really well with Gabriel Jesus. Those two are, you know, creating chances for each other quite often. So Saka could come back with a bang anytime soon. But I think we've got a you know, judge every season on what we've seen so far. And at the moment, Martinelli is a better FPL asset than Saka. So I don't mind the switch from Saka to Martinelli because it does give you, you know, 1.9 million of a saving. And you can do a lot with that in the rest of your squad. So yeah, I think that's fine. As long as you don't have other more pressing issues in your squad, because that is quite a luxurious transfer to move from Saka to Martinelli. But I think that's fine. The fixtures for Arsenal, next four, Bournemouth, Fulham, Villa, Manchester United, that is pretty good. Question from Matezia Toskovic. Is Pascal Gross worth buying? Brighton have some nice fixtures coming up. Yeah, so I covered that earlier. I think Gross is a really good option. Going to spend some time this week. I'm going to go back over the the highlights from the first two Brighton games again. Look into his numbers a little bit more. Um, You know, maybe gauge some fan opinion as well this week. But yeah. I think the early signs are really good for Pascal Gross. He's always been a player who has he has everything required to be a good FPL asset. He's got lots of avenues to points. He's getting in the box. He's got set pieces and, and he's a decent penalty taker as well. So hopefully he does get the penalties. We don't know that yet. But my guess would be that that he would get them uh, in that team. So that would be that would make him I'm not going to say a must-have, but if, if Gross does take the first Brighton penalty this season, his ownership is going to skyrocket then. Um, so good to see him. I think I need to double check, but I think he got 90 minutes in both games as well, or at least he, he has got a lot of minutes in those first two weeks. So that's also encouraging that he's not coming off after after 60 or 70. Question from Cheeto Chip: After two game weeks, do we still think one of the premium strikers is a must? 
Jesus looks great and Mitrovic slash Tony seem like they could be good holes to free up funds in midfield to improve the likes of Bailey, Neto, etc. And also, how bad of an idea would it be to wildcard into this? Now, so I've said to a few people this season, I don't think it's ever too early to wildcard this year because we've got the unlimited transfers coming up after the World Cup. If you feel like your team is not where it should be, if you're four or five or six picks away from your ideal squads, don't be afraid to wildcard game week three, game week four. I was talking to a few people who wildcarded game week two and they had pretty valid reasons to do so. Just, you know, didn't get the right picks game week one and just fix those mistakes quite early on and then, you know, had a better game week two. So wildcarding, absolutely fine if you feel like your squad needs it. Do I think we still need one premium striker? I think the beauty of FPL this season, we've got lots of good picks in all positions. There's loads of defenders, there's loads of midfielders, and thankfully we've got quite a few strikers this season as well. So I'm not going to tell anyone that they have to have an 11.5 million striker, because I don't think you do. A lot of it comes down to captaincy for me, and I do still, at least until the Champions League kicks in, Haaland and Salah for me is, it seems like a pretty good combo for, for captaincy. Gabriel Jesus is emerging as a captaincy candidate now, given how well he did in, in the most recent game week. So I don't think it's essential, but I still think it's a nice combination to have. Um, I think having one of Kane or Haaland is still is still pretty sensible. But play it your way. That's 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 the main takeaway there. Next question is from Shahid Hussein. How long do you plan to keep the Leicester goalkeeper double up, please, Mark? I'm in the same boat. We are in the same boat and it is not a very fun boat to be in. It feels like even though there's only two game weeks gone, there's about 10 holes in this boat and it is sinking fast and I want to try and jump off it while I can. So part of my reasoning last week banking a transfer was I was already slightly concerned about this double 4 million goalkeeper pairing. I mean, you're not expecting much from them when they're only 4 million, but you know one of them is in your starting 11 every week. So you want to be getting something more than one or two points. And I just don't see any improvement in Leicester defensively compared to last year. And looking at the upcoming fixtures, the next four, Southampton, Chelsea, Manchester United and Brighton. How many clean sheets do I see in there for Leicester? Not many. So with two free transfers, I am quite keen to, to get away from the double up. So I'll probably keep Ward and then... You know whether I make two transfers or three transfers this week, I am leaning towards getting rid of Everson and then probably looking at a 4-5, someone like Sanchez at Brighton for the good fixtures or Raya at Brentford for the good fixtures as well. Because it's quite short term because wildcard, I'm going to wildcard probably some point, you know, around probably six, seven or eight. So if I do make a goalkeeper transfer now, I don't need them for too long. And if I feel like I'm just going to get one or two points from Ward every week, I don't mind even if it's part of a minus four to, to, to get a new keeper. Many times before in FPL, I've, I've stuck with terrible goalkeepers for too long. I don't want to do the same thing this season. So yeah, leaning towards getting rid of Everson this week and then and then just benching Ward and buying a new goalkeeper. Question from Mark Cram. What are my thoughts on Reese James? He was hardly involved in the attack when he was playing at right centre-back against Spurs, but then he came up with a goal. So yeah, it was when Azpilicueta came on, Reese James then moved to right wing-back where we want to see him, and it did not take him long to score. As soon as he went to right wing-back, he put in a fantastic cross, 
Havertz had to score. I don't know how he missed it, put it wide. So we could have had an assist for James as well. It was a bit of a roller coaster for James owners because he was. It could have been an own goal, uh, the Kane one at the end as well. I was I was sweating over that one for about an hour. But Reese James, we're going to see him play right centre back sometimes. We're going to see him play right wing back sometimes, and I'm not I'm not too bothered. Even when he was at right centre back, at times Loftus Cheek was pushing on towards the byline, but James still takes up those nice positions, kind of. You know, just on the touchline, not too far away from the box, a great crossing position, and he did put in a few balls. It, the issue was he's crossing for Raheem Sterling now a lot of the time, where you miss someone. You would love to have someone like Diego Costa in there, or Dele Drogba from from Chelsea days gone by. But I'm not too worried if James does play right centre back. I think for me, the encouraging thing was I thought even though they conceded two goals, I thought Chelsea controlled the game, and I thought they were very good defensively. I thought Cucurella was excellent. I thought Kula Bali was excellent. Thiago Silva is always excellent. Kante was good too, so it was a, it was a big blow that he got injured. So that's not great news for them defensively. But I'm I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy as a James owner. So I can I can see myself keeping him long term. If he plays right centre back, some games I'm not too bothered. Uh, I still think he can get attack and returns from that position, and he'll still take set pieces as well. But it was notable that Mason Mount and Kukurea took most of the set pieces game week two. So hopefully Reese James gets corners back in the next couple of games. So yeah, I still think Reese James is a very very good FPL pick. Final question is from FPL Duke: a cameo and an assist today from Perisic. Do we stay patient with him? And I guess this question is as well, if, if we don't own Perisic, do we now go and buy him? So if you own him, I think you have to keep him because the next two fixtures are great and you just hope that he starts game week three. And, and failing that, that would be frustrating if he doesn't, but surely then he starts game week four. If you don't own him, like myself, I think it's trickier. Uh, I think there was a few more comments from Conte today after the game. Again, saying the same thing that he said before, that this is not the Perisic that I know and I hope that I recover him quickly. Now, it's very hard to know what Conte means, you know, because his English is not fantastic. But straight away, there's still alarm bells there for me that he's not 100% fit or he's not at the levels that Conte wants him to be at. So I think I'm happy to wait and see. He, he is one of my potential routes of, of transfers in this week. If I wanted to free up cash, you know, I could sell a Robertson, for example, for a Perisic, and then I could upgrade Bailey and maybe the goalkeeper. But those comments again from Conte and the fact that he didn't start and give me two, I'm probably just going to wait and see on, on Perisic. And, and it, it might be a case that I just wait until the first wild card. And who knows, you know, he might never be a fantastic FPL pick if he is going to be rotated quite a lot. So wait and see for me on Perisic. If you have him, keep him. If you don't have him, I think we probably just wait and see. Unless we get really positive comments from Conte in his press conference on Friday. And I, I will be doing another podcast on Friday after those press conferences. So keep an eye out for that as well. I'll give an update on my Perisic thoughts in that episode. On to game week three captaincy now. Lots of options this week. Most of the best picks have away fixtures. I think one of the standouts has to be Mohamed Salah away to Manchester United. I think we've got to kind of forget what Manchester United were like. Uh, years ago, I think a lot of us still carry around this thing that when we see on paper one of our FPL picks playing against Manchester United that it might be a tricky fixture. But just forget that and go and watch the highlights from the Brentford game. I say highlights, I should say lowlights. And if a similar Manchester United turns up against Liverpool, which, I mean, not much is going to change in the space of a week, Mohamed Salah 
and Cole could have an absolute field day and it could be 5 or 6 nil easy. And we know we have evidence from last season, Salah absolutely destroyed Manchester United twice in, in FPL last season. So Salah has the armband in my team at the moment and it's probably going to take a lot for me to move that away even though I am a Manchester United fan. Other options, Gabriel Jesus or maybe even Martinelli given his good form, they're away to Bournemouth. Kevin De Bruyne and Haaland are away to Newcastle. And then you've got Kane and Son who are at home to Wolves. If you fancy a home captain and you've got a Spurs attacker, you could go Kane or Son. You could you could go Kulisevsky even if you own him. He's got to be included now after his Game Week 1 performance. But for me, I, think, I just think Salah has the best fixture uh, given what happened with Manchester United against Brentford. So yeah, Salah gets my vote on Sunday. And I'll give you an update on Freddie's podcast as well on that one. Moving on to transfer options. As always, when you've got two frees, you've got numerous different routes you can take. You almost have too many options. So hopefully I don't end up with decision paralysis come Friday night. So I've seen a lot of people rushing to make transfers on Saturday night. They were selling Bailey for Da Silva of Brentford before he went up to 4.6. I had absolutely no interest in doing so. I just... I don't like making transfers when there's three more games to go in the game week. Anything can happen in terms of injuries. I can understand why, especially at this stage of the season, you know, price changes are very, very annoying. They seem to be more annoying this season than ever before. And you kind of are forced to move early sometimes. But for me, I always feel like I need at least three or four days to process everything from the previous game week, get my thoughts together for the future game week. And I just like gathering all the information. And I don't really mind, you know, players dropping in price. I mean Mason Mount might drop in price this week. It doesn't bother me. I'll just I'll just find a solution. So that's that's the way I've always played the game. I just feel like I need I need a few days to process and, and kinda analyze and look at fixtures and stats and, and highlights and stuff before I come to a you know a decision I'm hundred percent happy with. So two free transfers. The weak links in my squad are my goalkeeper and Leon Bailey. Could Mason Mount be my cash cow? I think he could be. Could go to Gundawan could go lower to someone like Pascal Gross. The other option I mentioned, I'll see how Liverpool do against Palace. First of all, Robertson out, for example, for a Kukurea or a Perisic, although I, I think I'd lean towards Kukurea now over Perisic for the for the reasons I mentioned. A minus four is very possible, like Pascal Gross with fixtures, and like I mentioned earlier, Robert Sanchez as well. So there is my early thoughts for this week. Let's see how they've changed by the time I get to Friday's episode. Have a good week, folks, and I'll talk to you again on Friday after the press conferences. It's a Saturday deadline again this week. If you'd like to hear more from me in the meantime during the week, visit patreon.com forward slash FPL general. We'll get iTest podcasts, a Thursday night live stream and a team reveal before the deadline. Thank you for listening. The Athletic.